I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. And joining me today is Dave Sikoriak, author of Fans Have More Friends. Sports fans may save the world or at least improve political discourse. Research shows that identity politics can lead to division, but that sports fans are actually able to bridge gaps in otherwise polarized groups and are far less likely to dehumanize other people who believe differently than they do. Dave Sikoriak and co-author Ben Valenta combine unprecedented research and data to show that sports fans have higher rates and levels of social capital and connectivity than non-sports fans, and that extends to those with political differences. In a Pew survey conducted for the book, they found that identifying as a sports fan softened the often hardened boundaries between us and them, making more space for we. Dave has been featured in The Atlantic, and he was previously an executive at Publicus, NBC, and Madison Square Garden. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Dave. Great to be on. Thank you. Now, it's and I'm not a big sports fan. I have to, I have to uh, transparency, right? I don't. I am not necessarily. I like to participate in sports, but I'm not necessarily a fan who goes to a baseball game or a basketball game. So this is really interesting to me. What you're saying is like you can have the Red Sox and the New York Yankees in the fans screaming at one another, and then they walk out and have a beer together, and everything is fine. Yeah, and so that's a good example for me because I'm a Yankees fan. I grew up in New York, and um, I, you know, on a on a, um, a make believe level, I detest Red Sox fans. Okay, but and when I, I meet Boston, a Red Sox fan out in my day to day life, Boston fans, and everybody was a Boston, a Red Sox fan. So we're at the and a father who was always, I mean, he was a diehard Red Sox fan. So here we go. This is good. Yeah. So you know, part part of it is just. The, the, the whole narrative started when, or the, the, the motivation for the book started when we were spending time, we, were, we, we researched sports fans. And our, understand, our job is to understand what, what motivates a fan to be a fan. And we began seeing, that, and this was an early insight when I was at Madison Square Garden, that to be a fan is to be part of a community. And as, we, as I began working with Ben at Fox Sports, we began seeing this at every, with every sport, for baseball, during the World Cup in 2018, for the NFL, um, whatever we were, we were studying, we, we came back to this insight to be a fan is to be part of a community. And we, we, so we came up with a hypothesis saying that if, if social relationships are actually incentivizing the fan behavior, then fans should have more friends. Their social infrastructure should be more robust. And so we, we, divide, we, we run surveys all the time. We devised a way, a method to measure how engaged of a fan you are, and then a method to measure your social infrastructure. And what we found from, you know, in 2019 and kind of it's, it works till the surveys we have in field right now, that the bigger fan you are, the more engaged you are with sports, the more friends you have, the more you engage with those friends, the more you value those relationships. And then we pushed it, you know, how is it with family? How close do you feel with your mom, your dad, your, uh, your spouse, your kids? And the bigger fan you are, the closer you will report being to all of them. So, so, so sports just creates a dynamic where we could just socialize. We could socialize in something, you know, I, I hate to say this as a sports fan, but that is meaningless, but at the same time creates meaningful social interactions. And that's where those benefits start abounding to us. So in other words, you're saying that a, a sports diehard sports fan can connect to this community 
it prepares them or helps them or enables them to connect to other communities, no matter what they are. That, that is correct. Is that, okay. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So as, as a sports fan, you're just interacting with, as an engaged sports fan, you're in, interacting with more and more people. You go to a game, you're going to sit with people different than you. Um, you're at a sports bar, you're going to be sitting next to people um, different than you. You're, you're out meeting different people. And those, even if it's subtle, even subtle differences are actually good in expanding your perspective and, and creating an environment where you, you potentially can be more open for conversations with people different. The worst thing for us, and kind of when it gets to the politics piece, isn't, isn't so much that we have different political views. It is that the two sides here have encamped in their own cloisters. And, you know, the places you shop, the cars you drive, the shows that you watch could indicate your political leanings when those things have nothing to do with politics. It's just we, we've, we've uh, created two separate cultures. And what sports does is actually breaks those barriers down a bit because being a Dallas Cowboys fan cuts across political party, race, gender, um, religious identity, and, and so on. Like, there's a lot of Cowboys fans out there. So, um, yeah. But that holds for, for any sport there, that you're, you're, you're breaking down those identity barriers that are, are so strong and, 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 are, and are actually polarizing us. So once you understand that, and you've done, obviously, you've done the research, you have a uh, Dexterity Consulting, which is a, a company of Correct. yours. You, yeah. So what do you do there? How, how do you take this information and help us to get along better? Let's say because now uh, the divisiveness, the divisiveness, it's, you know, the two political parties. Is there a way that this information and this research and, and what you found can help us to maybe come together more or listen to each other more when it comes to politics, because it seems that's getting worse. And that's exactly right. It's a great, it's a great question. And one of like the, the our, our passion for pushing the book out there, getting this thinking out there, because we, we feel it's original thinking, um, surprising in many ways. But, uh, but the, the, the point, you know, where we wrote this for sports fans and, when we talk about polarization, we talk about politics, as you said, things seem to be getting worse. And you spend time reading about it and the forces that are undergirding it as we're kind of growing further and further apart. It's depressing. I hate to say it. Uh, it's like, how do we actually bridge that gap? Um, you know, if, we're, if the hate is growing, if Republicans hate for Democrats is growing and, and vice versa, how do we bridge that gap? And what we were energized by seeing, you know, we document a lot of this in the book where when you separate Republicans and Democrats on many issues, there's a softening, a surprising softening in terms of uh, moving away from what your political um, identity would say you believe. So, for, for example, um, we document confidence in institutions. So Pew did a, has been doing studies for years on our confidence in institutions like the police, the military, professors, scientists. And the bigger fan you are, the more confidence you have in these various institutions. But what's interesting is those institutions that I rattled off are were polarized. Uh, Democrats view a police and military more negatively than Republicans. And when you split it out, what you see is, yes, Republicans are rate or have a higher level of confidence in those institutions. But Democrats, by, by how engaged of a sports fan they are, you see their confidence rise. And vice versa for scientists or the news media or um, professors, uh, what we see is uh, Democrats have higher confidence in those institutions. But within Republicans, the bigger fan you are, the more confidence you, you have um, in those institutions. So the message here in terms of 
let's not despair of our political polarization. We actually have something very embedded in our culture that reaches a large swath of the population. Everybody knows a sports fan. If you're not a sports fan, you know a sports fan. And our message to sports fans is realize you have this tool that is that is has a positive or can be used in a positive way to connect with other people. And really the message here is leave the politics aside and just try connecting with people. Use your sports fandom to connect with them. You see somebody with a Cowboys hat at the airport, say something to them. Ask them how they became a Cowboys fan or, you know, even make a joke about, you know, the Cowboys are going to blow it in the playoffs again this year. But the, these, these interactions that are readily available for us can be, we can take advantage of them. And if you're a sports fan, you actually have a, a, like social capital um, to use out there. And if more and more sports fans were to use this capital, it's making a difference now, even in, our, in these polarized times. Our, our challenge is if, if, if more of us could, could lean into and use our, our sports fandom in a positive way as a way just to interact with other people, uh, only good can come out of that. Yeah, and you talk about social capital. Social capital, isn't that important? Probably, I would assume, uh, not just for adults, but you want to teach that in our schools, don't we? We want to teach it to the teach our children well, teach the kids, uh, because they're involved in sports from the very beginning. And uh, can't we? That can be part of the curriculum. It would seem to me. That's a bold, uh, bold statement there, <laughs> and I agree with it. Um, you know, I appreciate that because. Even the non-sports fan will say, you know, my kids have to play, or not my kids have to play sports, but tries to get their kids playing sports. And everyone recognizes the, the positive benefits of, of playing sports, getting your kids in early, the teamwork, the physical activity, the bonding that occurs, the discipline, on and on and on. There's a lot of lessons in playing sports, and I think that is universally recognized. What we are arguing for, and you know, we've, we've been testing this recently with teens, that all, all these dynamics, that the bigger fan you are as a 13 to 17-year-old, the more friends you'll have, um, the more confident you'll be, um, the less prone to depression you'll be, the closer you report being to your parents, the more likely you're to report uh, anticipating going to get a four-year degree. All these positive benefits abound to teens. So what we're, what we're kind of championing here is, we should be pushing sport like sports fandom is, is gives kids a, a social tool and a social tool that they could act, um, interact with adults on the level. Like how many things can, you know, is it uh, a level playing field between uh, a 14 year old and a 44 year old? But when you're talking about sports, if that 14 year old has been following for some time, they can interact they, and they can have just normal conversations about that. So yes, I, I think, this is, this is a tool that can help all of us socialize. And so if, even if you're, you know, as you um, um, admitted to being not as big of a sports fan, um, you know, what we hope you would get out of this book is realizing it's like, oh, I see the opportunities that this creates. I'm not going over to somebody's house to watch a football game or going for the Super Bowl party. I'm going there to connect with other people. That's the opportunity. And sports just creates those opportunities. There's no, there's no magic in it other than, it's just always, there's always a game on. Um, there, there's always something happening. There's always a big event happening um, that you can use to connect with other people. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. I mean, in practice, I have three boys, three grandsons, and the three boys, my three boys, I always encourage them to engage in a sport, whatever that's been there. They were all different, whether it was soccer or tennis or skiing or swimming, all of those things, for all the reasons that you just mentioned. And uh, 
they continue to do that. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think the other thing when you talk about a social social tool, you know, when I travel around the world and the differences in peoples in different countries and different continents, the stuff that brings them together is sports. And, um, and then the commonalities of everybody, their families, their kids, their, uh, that's the stuff that's important. And it helps them when they engage in these sports around the world with different countries. And that also, as you say, translates into a lot of other communities in a positive way. There's no question. That's great. So, yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, we talk about weak tie interactions uh, in our book. Um, and so like a strong tie interactions, interaction with your, with your, with your kids, with your grandchildren. Um, these, these are people close to you that you have intimate relationships with. Um, and, you know, those are obviously important. But yeah. just as a, a, another important aspect are the weak tie interactions. So this is the barista at the coffee shop, the person at the gym that you might nod your head at or say hello or an occasional, you might not even know their name. And you know, the pandemic taught, taught us one thing is we really miss those weak tie interactions, just saying hi to somebody um, as we're passing by or a familiar face that you might not know the name of is a really, really positive thing. And there's, there's science behind how the, the impact of those weak tie interactions, they, they leave you happier um, as a result. And sports is the ultimate weak tie interaction, um, greases the skids for weak tie interactions. Somebody wearing a, a baseball cap, it, it, it's, it's an open invitation to say something to them. Um, and if you know, you know you're at the, at the coffee shop and the barista has a Yankees hat on, you could say something. And it's an interaction. You are just engaging with another human being on a, you know, a very casual level. But those things are actually add up uh, in our daily lives and really make us happier and, and make us feel more connected. Yeah. I mean, as you say, during quarantine, we know isolation is not good. That's the complete, that's a 180 from what we're talking about. That it doesn't, yeah. that doesn't do us any good, mental health, physical health. But connectivity, <clears throat> that word keeps coming up as I'm listening to you, is really critical. And I think another thing what sports does, it also helps kids to learn how to interact with an authority figure, the coach, you know, like he, one of my boys would come home, well, the coach doesn't like me or he does like me or, well, okay, you have to deal with that. How, you know, and it, it, it's, it, 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 uh, we engage in a conversation about what that means and what's happening. So they're, they're with kids, not only just kids their own age, but then there's all the authority figures that they have to uh, connect with and deal with. And, and that's another positive piece, I think, of the mental health process. Yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I have a six and eight year old boys, uh, six, eight, eight and six, and yeah. we coach their uh, um, both their little league teams. So I coach both in the spring and fall here in New York City. Um, and I mean, part of the reason was I'm writing this book about being a sports fan and engaging in sports. And I, um, as Ben, my co-author, and I often say, is like we're, we're living the book, um, yeah. <laughs> taking that step and, and doing more, giving more. So you have positive experiences around sports, but yes, I've seen in my own kids. Um, I mean, they have the benefit and, and the, the burden of having dad as coach. Um, but it's, you know, you, you talked about the relationship with coach relationship with adults, working with other kids and also learning how to fail, learning how to deal with adversity. Like you're not in baseball is a tough sport in terms of all eyes are on you when the ball is hit to you. Are you going to catch it or you're not? Are you going to drop it? Are you going to make an error? And that's, it's, it's 
you're exposed. Um, yeah. And when you fail and you all, you know, everyone fails, um, it, it's, it's a lesson in how you can deal with that failure and, and learn and kind of pick yourself back up. And, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's an obvious lesson for life that, uh, that we use uh, into adulthood and beyond. Yeah, that, and that's a great lesson because, you know, kids are often, well, it's not my fault. The coach did this or the coach did, well, you did it. You know, you didn't hit the ball or you yeah. didn't catch the ball. <laughs> you know, it's not anyone else. It's not a fault. You you know, you did, it didn't work. Out, you know, you, you failed at that, you know, that game maybe or you didn't do well. You And then, um, but you're taking responsibility for your own actions, which is key. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So how is it? Probably this is going to be my last question because you just kind of touched on it. It's hard for kids because I've had friends who have done this to be the coach of your own kid's team. How does that work out? You know, it, it's been a joy. I, I, and I say this with no exaggeration. I, um, on a, you know, we play on Sundays on a Saturday, we'll go down to the, the fields here um, and get into the batting cages and spend the whole afternoon. Um, and my wife comes and we're all playing and we may play basketball too. And, there's no greater joy. I, I mean, we are all connected uh, around this thing of, you know, the kids enjoy it. We enjoy it. And uh, it, it's, I, it, we've been disciplined to, to keep it fun, right? This is not about, you know, you're going to be, you're going to turn pro and you're going to get a fellowship or, or anything like that. This is just about participating in an activity that you enjoy and, and taking the lessons that come through that activity. So I, I mean, I highly recommend it. I, I have found um, you know, great pleasure in it. And then to, to add on to it, I have found great pleasure in, this is the first full season um, that both my, so my younger six-year-old was able to fully comprehend kind of the ups and downs of a, of a Yankees baseball season. And um, for, for just a bit of context, the Yankees started off this season, you know, gangbusters and, it looked like they were going to ride into the World Series, and that obviously didn't happen. But in August, they really hit a dry spell, and it was it was loss after loss, like lifeless play. And me as a fan, um, I'm just like upset about it. I, you know, it kind of it my my energy is brought down because I'm, I'm coming home to watch the game. And then one day, you know, I, I used the line of living the book, um, kind of the lessons that we wrote about. Um, kind of came you know back into my head of like I'm like coming home dreading to watch the Yankees, and then I then it dawned on me it's like I'm coming home to sit with my kids on the sofa, um, interact with them, watching a game. Who cares how they're playing? Uh, in some sense, I, I'm there. The kids are connected. The kids are interested. They're asking meaningful, thoughtful questions, and my wife is involved, and we're 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 connected as a family around this thing, and that is the beauty of. So whether it's we're playing baseball or whether we're, we're, we're watching a game, the, the connection, being together and interacting around something um, that we all enjoy is, is, is just a pure joy. And again, as in our culture, sports being so preeminent or so prominent, um, it's available to most of us in some capacity. It's available. And uh, taking a little, taking that little step um, will inbound some social benefits uh, as a result. Dave, what about this? What about kids? You're the expert. You're the coach. You're the parent. What, like, when do you know as a parent or grandparent or um, when the kid maybe shouldn't be in the sport that he's in or she is in? You know, they've, they've started a sport in school, for instance, but it, maybe it's really not the right sport for that kid. 
Um, do you take them out of it? How do you negotiate that? Yeah, it's an interesting thing, which I have, uh, you know, I'm thinking about kids that are, are, are on my teams that, you know, like how long are, are they going to hang on and when is the point? I mean, this, the simple answer is you should enjoy it. Like you should have, be having fun. You should feel like there, there is some benefit. And, you know, me as, as a coach, I feel responsible for creating environments where they're, you know, at, at six, at eight, at nine, bodies develop, um, hand-eye coordination develop at different levels. Uh, much like every, you know, other things um, for for kids. So not everyone's going to be as coordinated as the next, um, but they could all feel connected. They could all be having fun. And you know, the responsibility I feel as a coach is, is make them have fun. Realize, you know, teach them that baseball is fun. It, it's something great to do. And you know, whether you're succeeding or 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 not, it really doesn't matter. It's it's the connection that matters. Um, so if it's a chore getting them out, if it's uh, if they're not feeling connected, I mean, it's probably a gray area, um, but that, that to me is the ultimate uh, time to like switch to something else. I mean, and that, you know, sometimes it's, I guess that's easier said than done. Find what you're passionate about or find what your kid enjoys. Um, so, um, but that, that's something to be listening for. And I, and I think it's, if they feel connected, they will enjoy it. Yeah. Right. Um, if they if feel connected, they will their, enjoy it. But I think sometimes, and I'm sure you've encountered this, you know, they're playing basketball or on the swim team because mom or dad did really well and they loved yeah. the sport and they were the champions, but that doesn't necessarily fit their kid. And that can be another issue, yeah. I, I would think, that the coach has to deal with. Well, without a doubt. And that, that's the, the tricky area. And it, it, I'm, you know, as much as I wanted my, want my kids to play sports, I'm, I'm always conscious of, uh, you know, not not having this be about me, but it's about them and, and having them experience the, the, the joy of playing sports. But uh, if they're not connecting to it, then it's a, you just have to, you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. I think by what I always encourage them, have an individual sport. You learn something from that that's different than a team sport. So they each sort of got into whatever, you know, team sport and an individual sport. And that worked well for them. But anyway, we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, great topic of conversation and fans have more friends great book um where can we get the book and what websites can we go to for more information about the book and about you and about your consulting company sure so um thank you for that so you you can you can get um fans have more friends wherever wherever you get your book so it's uh, available at all the online retailers um we, we have a website where we, we give a, a short blurb of the book and reference uh, many of our media appearances, and can't wait to post this one. Um, yeah. So you'll find that at fanshavemorefriends.com. Um, my, my company, I, I, I consult for um, Fortune 500 companies um, to help them understand the connection they have with, with, uh, with consumers. So I, I run a lot of focus groups. Um, run surveys, do ethnographic research, which is which was a lot of the stories that are in this book. Um, you know, we 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 share a lot of data, um, but we use stories of humans um, that we met along the way that really taught Ben and myself a lot about fandom. Um, gave us a different perspective of how sports fandom uh, was was uh, was used in their lives as a as a tool to socially connect with other with other people and. Uh, Benefits then then abounded, so um, so I, I do a lot of the that I'll spend time with people really trying to understand our, themselves and and their lives. 
overall. And you can find uh, my, my company at DexterityConsulting.com. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Great information. Uh, Dave Sikoriak, fans have more funds. Thank you for having me on, Catherine. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm.